0: Yeah,
1: they're not they're gonna be like, alright, I'm gonna get so many credit cards and loans. Denied. 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 Google denied. Store denied. Shipping oh shit,
0: I stole his debt. God damn it. <laughs>
1: Jokes on you.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Managed show launches, updates to host and guest image specs. Wow, iTunes is going all outs, ain't they? Are they? Yeah. And Taryn from Patreon is about to get the fucking block button. I hope you're listening, Taryn. I know you're not, because we're supposed to do, message. We're
0: supposed to do hashtag... Uh, what is it? Thanks for Patreon or something?
2: Like hey, that. hashtag thank you, patrons! Yep. How about a picture of a penis? How's that work out for you? <laughs> Our cock prints are a big hit. That's what I'm saying. Well, oh, How are they not a big <laughs> hit? I mean, come on now. I like the way that uh, Brodaciously put... Uh, um like put the sticker over the sticker so that you can kinda see the top of the rooster's tail. Did you see that on <laughs> yeah, Instagram?
0: Yeah. She told me she had to uh explain to her husband or boyfriend or whatever who Ed Kemper was. Who Kemps was? <laughs> he was in for a bit of a surprise but what old he has been up to. <laughs> yeah, considering he's probably oh, like God. seen the art for our episode <laughs> yeah, for yeah.
2: eighty weeks in a row.
0: I was like, I bet it is a little weird when you read it, and it's like, decapitated and mm. fucked head. Okay, mm. yeah, that's... If you're not into true crime, mm. that's a little bit of a... Not
2: only that. Whoa. Let's, let's... You know what? Let's take a little Jay What's his name? the hell is it? Jay Wilson. J. Wilson. Jay Wilson. So, so much like Mr. J. Wilson, mm. he took that and doubled it when it was his own mother's head. <laughs> Yep. That's fucked up. Wait,
0: <laughs> did he fuck his mother's head? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh uh, yeah. Right.
2: I know he threw her like vocal cords in, in the, the garbage in the disposal. Yeah. yeah. Or the garburator, I found out they call it on the East Coast. A
0: garburator.
2: Yeah. Okay. That's what they call a garbage disposal. We just got rid of ours not that long ago. They're kind of trash.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I, they do clog up and shit. Uh, and they stink. Yeah, they, they definitely real bad. stink. Yep. And I think it creates like a bunch of muck. Cause I remember when we were replacing that sink, like the, at the very bottom that like, uh, The spindle piece that holds it into place was completely
2: rotted. Sure. Ooh, delicious. Yeah, it it was (laughs) disgusting. Real quick, before we go any farther, Mm. uh, I'm going to intro the show quick. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bubble Butt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it will be about? Certainly not me. (laughs) My name is Adam. And before I introduce the rest of you, it's time for an Adam's Game Corner. Let's do it. And that means it's Red Dead Redemption 2 wrap-up time. Oh,
1: shit. You finished.
2: I finished, and I got so excited that I forgot to bring it with me. (laughs) That's fine. But I was running around as John Marston before I came Mm. over, so that's that's all right. But I have some thoughts on that game. Okay, let's hear them. The last 40% of that game is so fucking sad. Mm -hmm. It's the saddest thing on earth. Mm -hmm. (sighs) So it's a good story, all right? Mm. The story was great. The gameplay, incredibly tedious, which I am okay with, yep. because I love it, mm. but it doesn't go anywhere. They, they they make you do all this shit, and then they fucking say, fuck you, see you later. Mm. Uh, uh, everything you've been doing means nothing, because now all your crafting's done, and w- like, what do you do now that you're John? Can you still craft? There's no piercing. I think you just take over basically what Arthur was doing. Yeah. I think all your shit carries over, right? Yeah, except for my horse provisions. And my new mm. horse sucks because Apple PogChamp <laughs> got shot. He died at the end of the game. Right Apple PogChamp? Fu- yeah, <laughs> because I was sitting with Max and he was like, listen, just hit a letter and then just auto-complete for two days. I wanted to give it two days. So I did A, Apple P, PogChamp. <laughs> my horse's name was Apple PogChamp. Oh, yeah. And he died, and then I fought Micah. Mm. He doesn't die, though, right? No, he runs. He
0: He runs. runs. Because you kill him in the original game, right? Do you kill Micah? I don't remember. Okay, no, you kill Bill. You kill Bill, Javier. Javier, and then is Dutch the last guy? Yeah. And then the cops, obviously. Well, they kill you. So, did you do all the John
2: quests? Oh, my God. You mean life <laughs> you a, as a farmhand? Yeah, you want to play <laughs> as a
0: farmhand?
2: Uh, let me tell you, Cody, I'm doing that right now. The game just reopened up for me mm. to where I can run around mm. as John. And there's some missions in Blackwater, which it's funny going back to that town. It's like, holy shit, this is the exact same town from Red Dead Redemption 1. Mm-hmm. You know, I spent so much time playing <laughs> poker in Blackwater. Uh, yeah, Red Dead Redemption 2, I give that. Now that I have finished it... I'm going to give that 3 out of 5. 3 okay. out of 5. I really think they make you do a lot of bullshit that doesn't yeah. mean anything ever.
0: Isn't that kind of all their games, though?
2: <sighs> it, and <laughs> and the controls. I really can't get past the controls. Mm, it feels mm, like I'm on mm. fucking morphine.
0: The uh, So did you get all like the legendary creatures killed and I'm all that? I'm thinking
2: about doing that when I get home tonight, honestly. Okay. I got like 4 of them. I've caught three of the fish, which is a fucking nightmare trying to land those bad boys.
0: <laughs> I kind of like the fishing, but yeah, it was... Okay, did you see the UFO?
2: I did not see the UFO. Okay, I think
0: what? we were talking about this before. Like, I was just in a building, and then it, like, glows green, and you can kind of see it through the
2: cracks, and I go outside, and it just, like, zips off. Oh, wait, that, it was in the cult, right? The yeah, yeah, cult? yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw the light, but never, like, I got kind of scared, and was like, hmm. <laughs> And I was all exited alone. exited
0: the game immediately. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I turned off my TV and ran away. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's going to do it for me and Adam's Game Perfect. Quarter. Uh, also with me today is Jordan Fox, Mr. Magood, up again. How are you, buddy? <laughs> I am fantastic. You're Back soon to be day. a Sand fantastic daddy fox, that's aren't you? That's true. Is that official now? Yep. It was on Instagram. It's well, official. Well, oh, yeah. she has a private profile. Mm, okay, Cody. Okay. It. Do you have a private profile? Mm, I don't think so. I think people that have private profiles are either cowards or women. (laughs) Because women, it (laughs) makes complete sense. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: (laughs) ladies, it makes complete (laughs) sense because there's so many creepers. Even like... My personal one, I'm always getting spammed by, like, fucking robots. Yeah. It's annoying as fuck. Valerie Hotness
2: 4 million. Like, I've gotten so many of them. Dude,
1: I have not gotten one of those for so long, and it's so nice not getting them.
2: It was just, like,
0: XXX, uh... DM for photos and all this yeah. shit. I'm like, get the fuck out of Check, here. F- hit
2: this Western <laughs> Union for pricing information. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Jordan Fox, uh, besides the fact that you are now with child, what else have you been doing this week?
1: <laughs> oh, man. Nothing much. Just uh, working and living life. So, Just working and jerking, my boy is. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. That's I what I here. What my else standard is standard? Boring bullshit. That's <laughs> what I like. That
2: well, geez, is what how I like. I like to live my life. I love it, Jordan. Good job. Also with me, Cody. Hello. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. How I, uh, was your week? It was great because I had yesterday off. And well, uh, you didn't have it off, Cody. Mm,
0: I took it off. Did you call in? Yeah. Oh yeah. So you yeah. didn't
2: have it off. <laughs>
0: No, I said You bailed. I said, Hey, it's dead at work. Yeah. I need to burn all my time off. Yeah. I need I'm taking a personal day. Yeah. And I sat and played uh Pokemon and
2: <laughs> Pokemon, Poke It
0: All Monsters. <laughs> and watched uh I watched the final paranormal activity movie. What's it called? The Ghost Dimension. Whoa. It's not it's not terrible. But it's, uh, you see the priest get, like, sucked into hell and just murdered, so... I got a I question guess for that.
2: you. I got a question for you. Yeah. i seen Hereditary, right? Ooh, I love it. It's the fucking Cody says. Heredity. Yeah. And Herschel, because I introduced him to that as well. <laughs> uh, I gotta tell you, that's real scary and real good. It's not scary, but it's fucking unsettling. You need to watch it twice. I've watched it three times. Oh, you watched three? Yeah. Okay,
0: then perfect. You got like every time I watch it, I catch more stuff. Yep, and I like it
2: even more. I need to find somebody else to show it to again, so I can not watch the movie <laughs> again and just like watch everything around the movie <laughs> to see what else I'm missing. Have
0: you watched Midsummer yet?
2: No, I'm okay, waiting for uh, yeah. after Thanksgiving. You need to watch
0: that. Uh, that's cause same director. It is A twenty
2: four Films.
0: I can't remember the guy's name. He's only did a couple movies right now, but yeah, yeah that movie is like in my top three. That favorite was a fast
2: movie. turnaround, though, wasn't it? Because wasn't it like Hereditary, and then the it was next like two years? No, twenty eighteen was Hereditary. I suppose, but they hit the festival mm. circuit with it first. Yeah,
0: so. yeah, because I I remember, I can clearly remember last podcast was talking about how it's like. It's a horror movie that finally, like, recaptures the old good horror movies. Man, it's. I don't even know. I
2: don't even know. I've never seen a horror movie like that.
0: It's. I'm trying to think. Like, I guess you could put Silence of the Lambs in there. You could put. Like, those are, like, upper tier horror movies. And this one just, like. And there's not a
2: single jump scare in the whole fucking
0: movie. Not a single one. Um. You didn't jump when the guy gets caught on fire? I mean, she throws the book in there and he just fucking goes up in flames. I mean, I kind of laughed because I mean, it was kind
2: of funny. Because mm. he's like, oh! <laughs> he's just turning into a fucking crispy man. Okay,
0: when her head pops off, did that get you? Uh, she hits
2: the telephone pole. Yeah, well, it shocked me. Yeah, it shocked me. But I wouldn't <laughs> consider that a jump scare. Like even the scary shit in the corners. Mm, like mm-hmm, when the mm-hmm. she- when they're just like when the grandma's there or when Charlie's there and then her head falls off and it's a ball. Mm-hmm. Like that's fucking awesome. That
0: is. I'm a very so good.
2: very big fan of that movie and that guy. I'll probably watch the, everything he does from the.
0: Home. uh... The music, I think, because when it's about to get something, it's like it slowly builds up, yeah. slowly builds up. You know something's gonna be coming. Oh, sometimes God. I
2: think he jukes you a few times, but Tony Collette should have mm. an Oscar, an Emmy, whatever mm. they give away, yeah. for acting because that was so good.
0: The uh, I I remember I, I was looking for like some artwork for that movie, and they had someone had painted her like screaming in that point. It was mm. so good, it's mm. so beautiful. I would have loved it, but it was... Very expensive, obviously. Fuck me, <laughs> fuck
2: me! What a movie and what a game! All right, so that does everything. We're about twelve minutes in, so I oh, got an idea. Let's Cody. fire. Let's go into this. Let's take this motherfucker out the gate.
0: All right, so I can't really give much detail on the story because it's kind of like a reveal story. So we got to kind of go along with the mystery. But I'm calling it. No, I'm not even going to tell you what I'm
2: calling it. All right. Well, I think the audience might know unless you have another clever title. <laughs> uh, I don't safe.
0: know. I'm going to be thinking about that. Right, Maybe good. they'll know. But good, good, good. Our story begins in the hipster capital of the world <laughs> where wax mustaches and flannel are king, Portland, Oregon. Mm. The date is April 15th nineteen fifty five at approximately two in the afternoon. Oh, that's a good time. (laughs) The gang
2: goes to Portland.
0: (laughs) I could see Jordan living here. I I really could. A gentleman on Portland, yeah. yeah, Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. He'll get a bicycle and ride it around. Definitely. A gentleman named Aaron Frank, whom was the owner of Portland's largest department store named Meyer and Frank. Was enjoying a pleasant read through an extortion letter. That doesn't sound pleasant <laughs> at all, Cody. <laughs> well, <laughs> at the time of my, unless you cool. wrote it, you know. So, so I looked up Meyer and Frank, and okay, the quick history: they went out of business. Macy's bought them, and then Macy shut down the store, and now it's a historical building that I'm pretty sure
2: is an apartment
0: complex. Wow. Of but course. it's like really, like lofts, really tipster tall. Lofts, yeah, probably. Yeah, basically is
2: fucking uh, is Macy's a Minnesota company? Yes, it is. And so Are they is all Blooming, Bloomingdale's. I don't think Bloomingdale's. Wait, not is. Bloomingdale's. For burgers, no. What's the one that had the department store? Was that Macy's, Sears? Macy's department store? You would go to the Christmas exhibit in St. Paul yeah, or yeah, something? Yeah, 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 Okay, that was Remember Macy's. Remember the
0: Macy's Day Parade? Yeah, Ma- Macy's Hatton's? downtown. That's what Dayton's. I'm thinking of. Because
2: the goddamn governor, I knew his Yeah, name Dayton's
1: was <laughs> in St. Paul, and then uh, Macy's was the big one
2: in downtown Minneapolis. Is that how he right. got his money? Oh, yeah. Was oh, it? Yeah. Yes. Okay, He All is right. the direct, he is like the dynastic heir to the Dayton but, fortune. Are they still yeah. around? I don't know. I think mm. they're... Maybe a name? They
1: got bought by someone. Well. Or another, like, they might have gotten bought by Macy's.
2: Listen, it's not a sellout. <laughs> it's a cash-in, baby. <laughs> yep. All right. He was about
0: halfway through the letter when all of a sudden there was a large explosion. The blast had shaken the entire 12-story building. Someone had placed a bomb within the third-story bathroom and sent glass, bricks, tile, fragmented porcelain, faucets, pipes, and pieces of wood flying over 100 feet onto the street. Damn. Jesus. Not fucking around on that. (laughs) He's not playing. A Dorothy Ostro was slightly injured when she was hit by a piece of glass from the explosion while she was walking up the steps of the Pioneer Branch post office nearby. Yeah. That's why I say never go to the post office. Yeah, just just go to the drive through South St.
2: Paul post office, there's still bullet holes from when it got robbed <laughs> yeah. in 1891. That has to be. And it's the- a fallout shelter. Yes, there is a fallout shelter. <laughs> that in has there. to be the oldest post office I've ever seen. (laughs) And it looks like shit. (laughs) (laughs) It was remodeled in 1969 and then forgotten about. Naturally, she ducked down while the
0: blast debris fell all around her. She would need 15 stitches on her face and would leave a nasty scar for the rest of her life. Hmm. Want to know how I got these scars? (laughs) (laughs) Is this the creation of the Joker now? (laughs) No. Inside the department store, the 62 year old janitor or custodian named Emil Hansen <laughs> was just opening the bathroom door when it exploded and blew him backwards. The store owner, Aaron Frank, was helping check for casualties after the blast and stumbled upon Emil. Emil told him, I don't know what happened, Mr. Frank. <laughs> I went in to wash
2: the windows and everything blew up. <laughs>
0: I think how he's like, I swear I was going to wash those windows. (laughs) I was going to wash this fucking windows. I was not going to
2: read this Maxim magazine. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to wash those windows.
0: Shockingly, Emil and Dorothy would be the only people to sustain any injuries, but even then, they were minor. As one would expect, the police and fire department were called onto the scene to investigate... One extra sneaky reporter snuck into the building to investigate for himself and and witnessed the powder-burned walls in the bathroom and overheard a female clerk talking about
2: the smell of firecrackers.
0: (laughs) The two officers who would be in charge of this mysterious bombing were Police Chief Jim Purcell and Captain of Detectives Bill Brown. I thought a weird title. Captain of of Detectives. I'm the Captain of Detectives here. Now, Aaron Frank obviously would show them the extortion letter that he had received just before the blast went off. I hope he would. The letter itself had the words in large, bold print, important. <laughs> it, continued, <laughs> it continued to read,
1: About the time you receive this, a bomb will explode in your store. This is only a warning. A second, more powerful charge of explosives has been hidden and set by an accurate timing device... To explode sometime in the 12
0: hours ending at noon, April 16th. (laughs) Sounds like Die
2: Hard, right? Yes. Die Hard with a vengeance? Isn't this what the guy did? (laughs) Is he, uh, it sounds like he's trying to, like, hide his way of speaking. Wait till we get who the bad guy is. You guys are gonna be, he's fun. He's really fun. I like it. We have to, like, get to him. Now, I, I can't remember if you said this or not, but did were there any casualties so far? No, only
0: okay. those two people were hurt and that's Perfect. It.
2: Beautiful. That's a good bombing then, in my opinion.
0: Actually I'll let you guys in on secret.
2: No killings this week. Perfect. So I
0: like it. Unleash the the humor. Unleash the, the funny bones. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> The extortionist was demanding $50,000 and in turn he would inform Aaron Frank how to dismantle the second bomb and he would never again bother the store with threats of a bomb threats of a bomb
1: <laughs> but he will bother it with <laughs> threats of upper deckers
0: <laughs> I will shit in every toilet till I get that $50,000 Mr. Frank Now Frank was supposed to have $50,000 in fives, tens and $20 bills and put them in a light-coloured suitcase just large enough to hold the money also no more than half of the money could be in the in twenty dollar pills. Listen,
1: I've never seen fifty <laughs> grand
0: in cash. It's probably not that much, right?
1: But nah. I mean, I'd imagine in like five tens and twenties, so that's gonna be a lot of fucking bills.
0: I've. It's just like, why would you demand? Just put the money in the case. Who gives a fuck what kind of
2: bills? You gotta those? make those demands. My guess, it's like it's like non-sequential one-dollar bills. Mm. It's like uh, when bands put crazy shit in their riders. It's to make sure they're fucking following their instructions mm. to a T. Yep. So Good that's it's you know make them go through some extra hoops to make sure they're doing it right. Good point. A store representative was instructed to
0: then take the briefcase and stand in front of the Imperial Hotel between 6.30 and 7 p.m., and wait there for five to ten minutes. Oh, Jesus. Also, they were supposed to wear a white carnation in their lapel to mark their identity for the extortionist to see. Okay, it. now
2: they're doing too much.
0: <laughs> now this is too much. I feel like Jordan would wear a white carnation in his lapel. I don't know. In Portland, definitely. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, in Portland, sure. uh,
1: yeah. I think he might be setting himself up for failure, <laughs> finding the store representative.
0: <laughs> then, he was supposed to proceed to the tele telephone booth two blocks north where he would receive a call with further instructions jesus <laughs> he takes him on quite an adventure i oh, promise this is you god damn <laughs> this is nuts also the extortionist made sure to state that the person carrying the money must not be
2: a police officer it should go without saying <laughs> sir yeah, i but. feel
0: like when it comes to ransoms and stuff that's just like please don't be a cop it's always a cop. You I morons. am an
2: I am a professional extortionist. So do <laughs> not make that a cop. I've I've listened to the band The
1: Extortionist. Is that a band? Or so, no, Contortionist. Oh, mm, little bop, a little different.
0: Just a little bit. Bop. Both really.
2: very important to society.
0: Isn't extortionist contortionist, and Contortionist. Is a Contortionist like a gymnast? Yeah, like Cirque du shit, mm, like the ribbon people. Remember when <sighs> we were talking about them?
2: And That's rhythmic gymnastics, and no, <laughs> not like that at all. <laughs>
0: Now, the department store did well over $50,000 a day. And to Aaron Frank, he would much rather just pay the ransom than have his store blown up. But, of course, the police took the store's $50,000 in cash and decided to send one of their own. They chose a rookie police officer by the name of Paul Leans. Now, in their minds, because of the fact that Paul was new... If this was a seasoned extortionist who perhaps knew the police officers already, hopefully he wouldn't recognize Paul. Now, prior to the delivery... Very smart. Right. Now, prior to the delivery, the bomb squad was searching through the debris for evidence of what exactly caused the explosion. They concluded that it was most likely just several sticks of dynamite that had been taped together with a slow-burning fuse. Mm. In their opinion... This bomb was not made by a professional, and in turn, there was most likely not another bomb in the store waiting to
2: explode.
0: You
1: right. know what, there's probably not another bomb, so fuck it, just carry on business <laughs> as usual.
2: All right, like, there's no timer. It wasn't set for, up for anything honestly, like that. Honestly, for 1955, these cops
0: actually, like, did they police to work. work yeah.
2: yeah, maybe it was just Oregon. I don't, I don't know. They know that if this guy's fucked up enough to lead this guy on a james bond chase Mm, like this like maybe he knows the active duty roster for (laughs) the police either way
0: five hours after the bomb went off officer paul leans was decked out in a business suit equipped with the white carnation and a cream colored briefcase containing the fifty thousand dollars as instructed he stood in front of the imperial hotel for five minutes Of course, there were police officers literally everywhere to spot the mysterious (laughs) extortionist. After the five minutes, Paul walked to the payphone he was instructed to. Paul Walker. (laughs) I didn't even catch that. Rest in peace. And at 7.08 p.m., the phone rang. A man with a nervous medium-high and rather soft voice gave him a prearranged password and instructed him to return to the Imperial Hotel and feel under the seat of the third phone booth in the lobby. Wow.
1: (laughs) Then after that, you have to go to the corner store and find the oldest can of tuna. (laughs) We've we've got about
0: three or four more steps this guy's gonna take us on.
2: (laughs) Find the oldest can. (laughs) Open it. Inside will be your next clue.
0: (laughs) Before he left the first payphone, Paul left a note, crumpled it up, and tossed it on the ground for the officers to find. After Paul made his way to the Imperial Hotel's payphone, he found the envelope. It contained a key and a note. The note read: "Go to the union station
1: there go to a baggage go to baggage locker one o seven in the locker, you find a brown manila envelope." Inside is another envelope (laughs) with a note for further instructions.
0: God damn it. Um, Why the two envelopes? (laughs) Uh, Hold on, we're not done with the chase
2: quite yet here. I know, I fucking hope not.
0: (laughs) Obviously, Paul did the same thing as he did before, leaving little crumpled up papers for the other police officers. Mm -hmm. Paul then made his way to the railroad station baggage locker, opened it up, and once again found another note. This one instructed him to hire a yellow cab company taxi that did not have a two-way radio.
2: How do you go about <laughs> scheduling that? I don't know. He had to find it. it was, you just got to keep flagging them down yeah, he, until...
0: It had to have one without a two-way radio. I don't know. Okay. He was then to cross the Williamette Willamette River. Willamette.
2: Willamette River. I'm sorry. I only know that because of all fantasy everything. Yep. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, Dead Rising. Uh, Uh-uh, no, you're right. The town of Willamette. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that game. Hell yeah.
0: And then take Highway 99E to Eugene, Oregon, which was going to be a 125-mile trek. Mm. The note continued by stating that the cab driver should not exceed a speed of 25 miles per hour. Well, that's That's going to draw
1: more suspicion. That's going to take so goddamn long.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out why he wants that later on. Somewhere on the journey to Eugene, a car would pull behind the cab, flash its lights three times. This was a signal for the cab to pull to the side of the road. The right rear door is to be opened
1: and the bags set down outside without anybody getting out.
0: <laughs> this is going
1: to work. Then perfectly. you will return at 15 miles an hour and find a
0: <laughs> goose. <laughs> Finger bang a goose two miles ahead. <laughs> Bring that to Seattle.
2: <laughs> Let the man smell the poop on the goose poop on your finger, and he will lick a message under the back of your hand. The next note is in the goose's
0: ass. Follow that. <laughs> After the drop, the cabbie was supposed to travel another five miles and then turn around and return to Portland. If no contact was made prior to reaching Eugene, the cabbie should turn around and and continue back to Portland, once again traveling at 25 miles an hour. This is an expensive cab ride. Yes. Yeah. It's on the police's dime. Listen, man, he's
1: got 50 Gs in that suitcase.
0: <laughs> now, it took some time for Paul to actually find a taxi without a two-way radio. <laughs> Not that it really mattered, because cops would literally be trailing it the entire time. Yeah. The cab driver's name was Donald Halfman, and he agreed to go on this adventure with Pauline's. Ah, fuck it, I, I got, time <laughs> to got kill. shit else to My do. My wife left me last week. Oh, now traveling at twenty-five miles per hour, <laughs> it was going to take five hours to reach Eugene, and they didn't even know if the extortionist was even going to make an attempt to exchange the money. Obviously, when the cab is driving at a slow speed, it didn't make it hard for the cops to trail them in their unmarked police vehicles, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Repo- I hope so. I hope there's not a
1: fleet of fucking cop cars. <laughs> Look, all right, boys, just put these, you know, lights on and then everyone will get out of our way and you know that something's up. This-
2: Don't worry about this flying V of this normal car and 90 cops behind it. <laughs> A reporter covering the case later wrote, the tale was not hard, because a king-sized traffic jam quickly built up behind the dawdling taxi. At one point, cars had been blocked back for a two-mile stretch. One irate truck driver passed and cut in so sharply that leans recalled afterward, if that taxi driver hadn't seen him coming slammed on the brakes, the story would have ended right there.
0: Yeah, you're going to piss people off on a major highway going that fucking slow.
2: Yes. And apparently it was just a two-lane road. So oh, it's like, fantastic. Oof, and if you're in a no-passing zone... Yeah. Oof. hachi
0: <laughs> Either way, Paul and the taxi would drive all the way to Eugene and back to Portland without so much of, as even a sign extortionist was attempting to make contact. God damn it. <sighs> this hour, dude's a
1: world-class troll. Yeah, I was going to say, this
0: guy is an awesome troll. Yeah, <laughs> After the little adventure, the extortionists had taken the police on. They weren't sure where to turn next. They were expecting that he might pop up again, but that didn't seem to happen. The police continued to search through the department store and didn't uncover a single thing that would lead them to believe that there was another bomb anywhere and assumed this was clearly a novice at work. (laughs) A what? <laughs> novice.
2: <laughs> uh, wait, can you say it both ways? Yeah, probably. But novice? nobody would ever say novice.
0: Novice, okay.
2: Unless you were unfamiliar I with the I think it's language.
0: because when I remember playing video games as a young kid, I'd be like, okay, let's yes, put on novice. Yes,
2: novice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I used to call Natalia from Goldeneye Natalita because I had no
0: <laughs> fucking idea.
2: I, uh, you know, a quick side note. I was... Uh,
0: Sometimes I get bored and it like popped up on my feed. And it was like these people broke the unbreakable Golden Eye speedrun records, and it was like watching it. And they're like shooting Natalia to get her to like move a little bit, just so she could run out the door fast. Yep. And I'm like. Who comes up with this shit? This, Jesus. There's this
2: crazy guy named, like, R. White Goose 55, <laughs> and he's a nut. Like, he came up with all this shit. Really? For Goldeneye? Uh-huh. And how you're, like, mostly just looking at the bottom right corner mm-hmm. and shooting to go, like, one pixel faster. <laughs> it's like, what is going Actually, on? Actually,
0: they have all the Bond movies on Hulu. I was watching Goldeneye
2: because it was, like, my favorite one. It's a good one. So good. It's a good one. People hate Pierce, but... Really? He, I mean, because he's the Bond I grew up with, I like him. I like yeah.
0: Goldeneye, and I think the other two are not good.
2: Yeah. That. But... Golden Eyes God like Yeah what is it Tomorrow Never Dies and uh, the,
0: world, the world the world is, is not enough. enough yeah, yeah.
2: Mm, not See great. I was a fan of Moonraker
0: Yeah, it's that's, fun That's like Sean Connery I think right or is that Roger Moore Roger Moore I think <laughs> yeah it that's like Roger Moore. Moore So they began looking into any known bomb extortionists the two main men couldn't have done it because one was in jail in Mexico, and one was in jail in San Quentin. That's
2: going to make it tough.
0: And all the others were nowhere near Portland at all. Now, they did have two employees who had spotted two a man and a woman just prior to the bombs going off, but they didn't really get, get a good look at their face. They just saw it was a man and a woman. Gotcha. Now, they determined that the store didn't have another bomb. It would finally reopen on April 17th, 1955, two days after the first bomb went off. Quick turnaround. And, of course, officers were stationed everywhere in case that pesky extortionist decided to plant another bomb, but he would never try again. Mm. Aaron Frank decided he would offer his own $25,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of the bomber, on top of that, the Portland Banks chipped in an additional 3000 towards the reward. Wow. Jesus. So, I'm they really be, want this guy.
2: I think no harm, no foul. I think we just let this go. <laughs> just like, we just had a bobber, Just let him go. You know what? He he was pretty inventive. He was pretty fun. He <laughs> yeah. made us look into a bunch of places. Mm. I bet the cops fucking were having a thrill of a time chasing I this one down.
0: I can't wait till we get to who this guy is. It's going to blow your guys' minds.
2: I bet I know who it is. <laughs> I think I do, too. It's okay. Timo. Who's Timo? Timo and Frank. Isn't that the other guy? <laughs> oh, Miller Meyer and... Yeah. and Frank? <laughs> oh, yeah. Timo <laughs> Meyer's a hockey player.
0: <laughs> I don't know all who right. Meyer is. Like, they don't mention him at all. It's just Mr. Aaron Frank. I don't know who the fuck that is.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. Continue.
0: Now, it would make sense that the police would be curious if possibly a disgruntled employee could have done this. Aaron Frank told the police...
2: We have a perfect relationship <laughs> with our employees. We have no labor troubles, and no disgruntled employee has recently been discharged.
0: <sighs> I don't believe him at all. What? But if Paul Walzer said that, you wouldn't. No, <laughs> you wouldn't <believe laughs> all him? our employees love their job, <laughs> even though most of them have like a four percent or less
2: on the happiness scale at work. <laughs> oh, hey, remember how they used to give out five hundred dollar gift cards oh, for yeah, a ten yeah, year? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got a hundred and fifty dollars worth of like. Applebee's or Target gift cards. That's what Those they are your two my, options? Yeah. That's what they gave you for my 10-year I mean, 10 year Target's
0: present. fine. I don't know about Applebee's. I hey. wanted a
2: $500 Visa cash card is what I wanted mm. for my fucking 10 years of service. I thought service. they gave
0: you like a shitty watch for 10 years. I don't want
2: that either. <laughs> I think Listen, I have man, one there's more year. wrong with Applebee's gift cards. God,
0: you know how long it would take you to spend one hundred fifty dollars at Applebee's? You're, Listen, you're easy a lot have of a bar.
2: I'd walk in there and throw it at somebody and walk <laughs> away because fuck they, America's bar and grill. I 50, hate it.
0: It's fifteen margaritas, right? Or are those five
2: dollars each? Uh, I think. Yeah, I think you get twenty.
0: Oh, uh, there we right. go. So on top of that, the police would search deeper into the employees and found out that not a single one of them had a criminal record going back to the payphones that Paul leans used during his little adventure they were able to somewhat trace where the calls were coming from but they were just from other payphones on top of that <laughs> on top of that they couldn't find any distinctive fingerprints probably sure. because so many people used payphones back then I can't even imagine a time like Uh, that anymore. I'm sure they found things disgusting on those. I'm watching The Wire
1: right now. Ooh, yeah. I think the last time I used a payphone was in high school, like Mm -hmm. after wrestling practice. Uh Press zero. Practice is done. Come pick me up. Yep.
2: (laughs) Bandors, come get me. (laughs) You're receiving a call from. Bandors, come get me. (laughs) (laughs) What about the dynamite?
0: Could that possibly be traced back to someone? Firstly, most of that was destroyed, and secondly, they set up a mock bathroom in a field. This sounds like a really fun experiment, (laughs) honestly. I just want to go somewhere and blow shit up and try to find out what caused
2: it. See what it looks like.
1: How do you blow up a bathroom? Well, Adam Savage and Janie Heineman are going to tell you on today's episode of Mythbusters.
0: (laughs) So, obviously, they did this in an attempt to try to find out what type of dynamite they used. Mm. Well, in the end, they determined it was roughly eight to ten sticks of dynamite, and it was ordinary grade dynamite. I don't know. Not a mining
2: grade. Okay, is mining grade different? Okay. Mining charges are are pretty nuts. Yeah. Much bigger. Even if they're the same size, the their chemical load is uh is, is harder. Yeah.
0: Well. It was also commonly used by farmers and building contractors and nobody who had purchased dynamite recently warranted any further investigation. All so
2: right. I'm sure there's a federal list for
0: Can you I'm assuming you can't you have to like have all these permits to buy dynamite yeah. now, right? Okay. Yeah. So like all yeah. farmers can't just go buy to blow gophers out of their fields.
1: <laughs> I don't think so. Well, oh, Bessie's being a real bitch in the field there. I just got to, you
0: know, scare the milk out of her. Is that how you do it with a dynamite load, Jordan? Yeah, dude.
2: That's how you get cottage you cheese. You guys milk cows weird in Wisconsin, dude. <laughs> that, that's how you get... Oh, that cottage curdled? cheese? Yeah. Okay. Because they get scared and they're like, ah! And then it curdles up in their butters.
0: <laughs> so, they were running out of leads to follow. The last thing that they had were the letters themselves. That just so happened to be typed out using a typewriter. Now, typewriters all leave their own unique signature... The experts would determine that it was typed on a royal standard typewriter, which at the time, there was about 3 million in circulation. Easy. And at the time in Portland, there were literally thousands of them being used everywhere from schools, colleges, businesses, and professional office. It was going to be a daunting task. Gotta drag the
2: goddamn city for typewriters.
0: Uh, I didn't really understand, but apparently, like, each typewriter types just slightly different. Like, the, uh, it's the same brand, but huh. they all type just
2: slightly different. Xeroxes have that, too. That's how Do people they, are right? getting caught. Yep. Mm,
0: well, if you can guess where this is going.
2: <laughs> I, I think I know. I think they're <laughs> yeah. going to pool together the best typists in mm. Portland, and they're going to subpoena every goddamn typewriter <laughs> every out there. typist in the, in the <laughs> yeah. city of Portland. they going to collect
1: them all, put them in a room. Just like on The Simpsons, with Mr. Burns, and have a bunch of monkeys just Eventually, clacking away. <laughs> Eventually,
2: we'll get Shakespeare.
0: Are you the only person in the world who still watches The Simpsons, Jordan? I actually uh, haven't watched Simpsons. it for a long time, but that was like
2: my favorite show growing up. Mm-hmm. So okay, I'll give you a pass. During Halloween month, you could watch every Treehouse of Horror on Comcast. Those are, those so are. I
0: feel fun. like those are always good. Always oh, good. Yeah. Like the regular episodes, maybe not, but the horror ones are always good. Yeah. Like
1: when they're all zombies and looking for brains and then they knock on Homer's head and just keep walking. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Solid. That's fucking gold. The lead detective would enlist the help of two postal inspectors who apparently could spot spot similarities in keystroke types oh. they would go through all of the better business bureau's records and set aside any keystroke identifiers. God. then those close matches would be sent to the FBI for further investigation. Now the holy
2: fo- shit yeah yeah what a terrible
0: fucking <laughs> job it sounds <laughs> terrible now the following October, nearly six months after the bombing, they took notice of a well-known 38-year-old Portland resident named Clarence Petticord. He sounds <laughs> like a dandy. <laughs> <laughs> He's, uh, he sounds like a real fop. A little Clarence Petticord. <laughs> yeah whose stationery matched exactly what was being used in the extortion letter. He Did it say Clarence Petticoat at the top? <laughs> and they just realized it now. From the desk of Clarence Pettyford. After Well, you're going to find out how they got him. Now, Clarence used a specific stationery for his business he ran out of his home. He sells
2: stuff for you on eBay. <laughs> That's um, his business. It's not far off. <laughs> Have you
0: heard about the
1: healing powers of essential oils?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Very I'm first you, It works body
1: wraps.
0: I was gonna say very first herbal life seller ever. Oh, perfect. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. <laughs> Obviously, the detectives were ecstatic, ecstatic about this and thought they had found the man they were looking for. Mm-hmm. There was just one huge glaring problem that made the detectives pause and think about it for a moment. And that problem was that Clarence Petticord was a blind man. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, how is he going go yeah, to go to the third feels, phone booth at the this left? This feels head? like dynamite. <laughs> yes.
1: Sir, why is Were there we... a bunch
0: of
2: dildos taped together in your bathroom? <laughs> I'm sorry, Clarence. I'm blown
0: up <laughs> blown up dildos in here.
2: You're not you're not the man,
0: Clarence. <laughs> but even though Clarence was a blind man. It didn't mean he wasn't a bit of a criminal. Mm -hmm. Now, Clarence was born in New Mexico in 1917 and was the youngest of five children. What, being the youngest is a crime now? He's a troublemaker. Just like
2: skateboarding, man.
0: (laughs) Now, Clarence was not born blind. When he was 19 years old... He was working on a refrigeration unit when a coil burst and sprayed sulfur dioxide all over his eyes,
2: a reporter later said. A doctor was called by friends, but while Petticord lay writhing in pain, the doctor prescribed only plenty of sunshine and (laughs) fresh air. What the fuck? (laughs) It was Petticord himself who called an ambulance, but even as he was rushed to the hospital, he realized it was too late. The last clear view of the world he had was inside of that ambulance. Oh, that's sad. What, did they just... Let's just get him to a well-ventilated area.
0: He'll (laughs) be okay.
2: They used basically... He just needs some
0: vitamin D, bro. They basically gave him the cure for TB back then. Yeah, Like, you need sunshine and fresh air. Yes. I don't care if your eyes are fucking bleeding. Just get some
2: fresh air. He became fucking daredevil that day.
0: (laughs) But Clarence was determined to not let his disability hold him back in life.
2: In his life of crime?
0: (laughs) Hold on. Okay. (laughs) Okay. In 1938, an ad agency gave Clarence a seeing-eye dog he named
1: Duke. Oh, is this that little bastard that always tries to steal the Bush's Beans (laughs) recipe? Oh, Oh, I bet it is, you son of a bitch.
0: Duke. (laughs) Duke framed Clarence. (laughs) Duke and Clarence were best of pals. They even climbed to the top of Beacon Rock in the Columbia River Gorge in Washington wow. twice. Wow! Which got him publicity in the local news in Vancouver, Washington. Later that same year, a charity organization helped Clarence establish a candy machine vending business all over all around Vancouver.
1: Oh, we have that here. Like a lot of those little like turny like. Quarter machines where you get, like, Mike and Ikes and shit.
0: Oh, you think that's what they're referring to? Like, the shitty, like, quarter ones?
1: Yeah, well, I know uh here in the Twin Cities, like, those are set up mainly by a company called Services for the Blind. Mm. And it's, you know, for oh. the blind people to maintain. Oh, well, that's wow. cool. I didn't
0: know that. Well, Clarence was a fucking, tr- uh, whatever, trendsetter, I yeah, guess. Yeah, man. In 1939, there was a story in the papers that the Sing Sing prison in New York was looking for a new executioner. Yeah. Now that Clarence, feeling the joy of publicity, decided that he and Duke should apply for the position.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So Clarence set out
0: his application for the job, which included a picture of himself and Duke. But unfortunately he was turned down for the job. He didn't even get a call back. I'm sure there's well, that's like some... I decided to start carrying out my own
2: executions. <laughs> I'm sure there's some kind of law, like, do you have can you face your executioner or something? I don't know. I didn't okay. he just
0: flip a switch. I
2: mean, I don't know. It seems immoral to let a blind man kill people. What if he was responsible for the beheadings? That like would be rad. He
0: had like a claymore and he was just cutting off their head. Just you love like this in blind weird man. spots, yeah. All right, Duke Bark, where I'm supposed to swing this? Head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Clarence later said, "I would hate to think what I would do if I
0: got the job, but I've tried everything else <laughs> in my search for work." <laughs> Soon after this, Clarence would marry his high school sweetheart, Lucy Dillabaugh, and would have one child but divorced within a year. Womp womp. By 1941, his candy machine business had been had grown so much that he needed to hire a driver to help him manage all the machines. Yeah. Duke, you're yeah. up. <laughs> he hired a lady by the name of Dorothy May McCourtney. I <laughs> can't. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>, uh, <laughs> and the, <laughs> and the two would, soo- would and the two would soon marry. Le- <laughs>
2: and the two would soon marry later what does that even mean
0: (laughs) and the two would be married soon later I don't know (laughs) They got married after they found their passion for can- candy vending machines. Perfect. See
1: that? What was so hard about just you know. seeing that, Kelly? You know I have dyslexia. You're trying to be a long. wordsmith, and we know you. You're just not there for that. <laughs> you're. You're right. You're
0: very right.
2: The two would marry soon later.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're Charlie, man. With World War II in full
0: force, you and- can't fight the war, bro. You, your eyes don't work, bro. Hold on. The government was rationing sugar. It really hurt Clarence's candy business, mm. and it soon fell apart completely. Mm. So the couple would run a lunch stand near a Portland shipyard. They were actually able to make a fairly
2: modest living doing this at the time. All right. Honestly, they should have put a, They should have invented homies and put them in the vending machines. Homies. Yeah, that you used to get in the little capsules. They were little gangsters. Oh yeah, the yeah.
0: <laughs> or like the things you throw at the wall and they yeah, stick the on. Stick them. You. Yeah. yeah, or Probably the little yeah.
1: hands that mm-hmm. stick that you
0: come. Or back. the temporary tramp stamp tattoos. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> now he missed his calling. <laughs> but when one of the employees of the shipyard poisoned his dog Duke and killed him. Fuck you! What? Why? Yeah, I we don't know why.
2: Baked bean theft. Uh, right, he stole his, his resume from the bushes. Mm. It
0: sounded like these might have been soldiers who were at the shipyard, but I'm not entirely sure. Someone just poisoned this dog for like no fucking reason. Sound
2: like just hard, hard shipmen. Problem. Union men. he probably Steve thought it'd be, They
0: probably thought it'd be funny. Let's poison the dog. Clarence immediately closed down his lunch stand, and people say that Clarence was changed forever. Mm. He could see again. <laughs> It seemed to break him. His wife Dorothy
2: later said, He got it in his mind that if he could see again, he could get a job in a war plant and make some money. But he couldn't get a job, and after the death of his dog, he began to get bitter. (sighs) Clarence's plan was to
0: receive a cornea transplant from a doctor who had operated on him before, but he needed to get the money to pay for it. This is what gave him enough desperation to jump into the illegal side of making money. Sure. First, in 1945, Clarence had lived in California for a brief period. He rented the same house out to a whole bunch of people and planned to flee with all of their security deposits... But the police quickly arrested him in Washington, where he had fled to. Listen, wow. man, that's not a terrible idea. Nope. How much security pauses can he get? I mean, it didn't say how many people he signed up Listen, for this one house.
1: So you get five, you you jump, jump ship. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Give everybody keys
0: and be like, have fun.
2: Yep, and then hopefully that'll be enough for a down payment for that surgery.
0: Ooh, he needs a
2: lot. Ooh.
0: His punishment... Was to return to California and go back to his wife.
2: Ugh. <laughs> Dorothy said, "I'd have left him before that, but they charged me too and told <laughs> me if I would plead guilty, he would not have to do any time. I pleaded guilty, and they turned us both loose. I don't attend. What? I don't. This makes
0: no sense. Why? I don't know. Okay, you guys both plead guilty to get the hell out like, of here. Is it
2: just like some kind of pride thing for the I state? Don't know. Or like, we need <laughs> to be right. Yeah, I,
0: I guess." <laughs> Clarence then attempted to get into the popcorn business, but that did not work out for him. Clarence then tried to... sell. Yeah, who gets
2: into the popcorn <laughs> game? He's, he's, he's oh, just trying everything.
0: friend's wives, actually. Remember the Boy Scouts buckets?
2: Yeah. Maybe that's what he's doing. I'll be God's honest with you. Uh, if they sold beef jerky, they would get my money every mm, year. Okay. Boy Scouts, beef jerky. You Why really the know- fuck would you sell pre-made popcorn tins? Nobody wants that.
0: The girls have a stranglehold Cookies, oh, yeah. The yeah, cookies, yeah. That, yeah it's the like, cookie mafia. Yeah. You,
1: you get me them peanut butter patties? Oh, it's over. I will buy you
0: out. I want the Thin Mints. Fuck Thin Mints. <laughs> I'll eat them all. Clarence then tried to sell a battery restorative called New Charge. New Charge. <laughs> I don't know how the fuck this shit works, but <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but when the battery companies found out about it, he was forced to close down his operations. Oh, uh, big battery! So he made a magic fucking. It's like, a, it's like, a, if you use this, it will restore the power in your batteries. Wow. That's what he was telling people. Wow. Interstate
1: was probably like, we don't know if it works, but
0: we can't take that chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in 1948, Clarence came up with a new plan. He would hitchhike from Portland to New York City to raise money for his cornea surgery. He figured the story of a blind man walking across the country would get the attention of the media. But if he's hitchhiking, he's not walking.
2: True. Well, he
0: said walking. I don't know. He'd have to walk
2: a little bit. Listen, the man knows how to sell a story. Okay? That's true.
0: And it did get the attention of the media. The newspaper took to the story like a fly on shit. Mm -hmm. Clarence used the sympathy card, saying that he was down on his luck and he needed to save his wife and children from the poorhouse, which technically was kind of true. (laughs) When Clarence reached Detroit, he was asked to be a guest on a radio show to tell his story. It reminded me of Joe Dirk, kind of.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Joe Dirt. I like Van
0: Halen, not Van Hagar. (laughs) He's like, Clarence? Petticord? Interesting name. (laughs) Well, it caught the attention of a wealthy businessman in Saratoga Springs, New York, who offered to pay for his cornea surgery. Now, Clarence went through with the surgery, and they would only do one eye at a time. By mid-December of 1948, it was finally time to remove the bandages. Clarence said, It was wonderful for a minute.
1: The doctor took the bandages off. I opened my eyes. The miracle I had been waiting 12 long years for had happened. I could see. Sunlight was streaming across the ceiling right at my eye. The doctor was only going to cut the stitches, but I didn't know that, and I jerked my head back. No. I jarred my eye. It began. It began bleeding inside, and I was blind again. You, <laughs> fucking,
2: you fucking idiot. <laughs> this is a, oh how? My God. How
0: did you do that, you sir? You knuckle fuck. <laughs> he, he could see for like two seconds, and then he poked himself in the eye. It's like you got one job. Don't touch your eye, sir. And don't jar a fucking knife into the Ugh. eye right after surgery. Ugh. God.
1: I mean, at the same time, he said he didn't know the doctor was cutting the stitches. The doctor should have been like, I'm going to cut the (laughs) stitches.
2: Do not move. You haven't seen for a while. I'm coming at you with uh, a
0: knife. Right. I suppose Clarence (laughs) wouldn't know that when a doctor is doing that, he's generally doing that to help you with something. Yeah,
2: yeah, he's not coming to stab your new eyeball out. (laughs)
0: Are you one of Jeff
1: Bezos ninjas? Get out of here. Is this 1950s prank? (laughs) No.
2: Where's Ashton?
0: <laughs> the doctor promised that in six months, he would operate on his eye again if he could raise the money. Fuck you. So Clarence returned to Portland and went right back to his fraudulent schemes. He began a company he called Metro Chemical Laboratories. Smart. <laughs> which advertised distributorships for a soap that could extend the life of women's nylons.
2: He's all about that extending life stuff, isn't he? <laughs> I, yeah. I, do,
0: I don't you know,
2: know. What?
1: he doesn't want to extend the life of his fucking eyes. No, 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 no. no,
2: no, 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 no.
0: He then tried to sell distributorship distributorships for a product that could extend the life of batteries similar <laughs> to his <laughs> his old new charge business. Man, I want to give me this time. <laughs> what is this stuff like a cream? I don't, I don't know. It must be something. Maybe it's like a liquid you put in the battery acid. Oh, I Oh, like know. in the
2: cells itself? Yeah. I'm I, like, are you rubbing down the outside of your batteries with something? I don't, or? I don't
0: know. Like, what kind of a soap could extend the life of women's nylons? I have no idea. And why is a company called Metro Chemical
2: Laboratory selling it? That's a perfect, like, cover front business it, it name.
0: sounds It sounds professional. Yeah. It's just like eco But Ecolab. it sounds very...
2: Very vague. Mm -hmm. (laughs) True. Like which Metro? (laughs) Which chemicals? Who knows?
0: It was with Metro Chemical Laboratories that Clarence had learned to type as a blind man. Mm. Now, since Metro Chemical Laboratories was a scam, more or less, he quickly compiled around 80 to 100 complaints (laughs) from customers that then forwarded those to the Better Business Bureau, and then they shut down his company. So that's See, how I didn't know they the BBB
2: got. Could shut down your business in the 1955,
0: uh, yeah. probably. They had
2: a lot of sway before the internet <laughs> existed.
0: Yeah. After that, around April of 1955, Clarence began to sell pencils in public venues and was receiving aid from the state for being blind. But it just wasn't enough to support his wife and their five children. Ugh. This is when Clarence reached an all-time low of desperation to get the money and came up with the Meyer and Frank extortion letter and bombing. I can't believe he actually is the one.
2: Yeah, he's... I was like, he's a blind man. <laughs> he didn't set up no bombs and type <laughs> Not... no letters and put shit under the fucking
0: For a blind man, he's booth. very
2: capable. He's handy, capable. How, how
0: do you sell pencils... As a blind man. That
2: seems like a blind man stick. Like stickers, this pencils. This feels
1: like the finest pencil in the world.
2: <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> the number yeah. three pencil. Yeah. You ever seen one of these Ooh, bad boys? <laughs> this is a new pencil. It restores the life of your other pencils.
0: <laughs> With the FBI being able to confirm that the stationery used in the extortion letter was the exact same that Clarence used for his Metro Chemical Laboratories, it was time to make an arrest. This was written later about the arrest.
2: It was a sad-faced group of detectives and postal inspectors who made their way out to the flimsy little dwelling in a temporary war housing unit to talk to the man. All of them knew Petticord. He had been a familiar and tragic figure on the streets of Portland for many years, peddling his wares and showing each year more and more of the strain that came from trying to live with the accident that had scarred him in his youth. The grim purpose of their visit was not lightened by the concerned look of the women who opened the door, nor by the questioning faces of the five little petticoats, ranging age from two to twelve, and it was almost more than the authorities could do to go ahead with their mission when they saw the pathetic little Christmas tree with its handful of tinsel and the few cheap gifts set out under a window. <sighs> oh, I
0: know, this, this story kind of gets really sad. The man who would arrest Clarence was Captain Brown and he said this was Captain
2: the, of Detectives Captain, Captain Brown. of Detective
0: he said this was the most heartbreaking arrest of his career Yeah how could it not be And he said that when they were taking Clarence out he allowed him to hug all his children said basically say goodbye to him forever mm-hmm. very sad Now the police had suspected that Clarence had to have an accomplice especially because he was blind So while on the way to the police station, Captain Brown rolled the dice and asked Clarence sternly, who his accomplice was. It was Duke. We faked faked his (laughs) death. Zombie Duke back from the dead. Yeah. It worked, and perhaps without meaning to, he spouted out the name Joyce Keller, whom was his sister-in-law. The reason he chose her was because she knew... He knew that she was already a little bit of a lawbreaker herself, and she for sure was going to keep her mouth
2: shut. She got horny about breaking the law. <laughs> so, I think so. Yeah.
0: Now, after Clarence kind of realized what he had done, he immediately tried to retract saying that Joyce was involved at all. But it didn't matter because his 28-year-old sister-in-law would be arrested as well. Now, Clarence was fully confessing at this point, but would not use Joyce's name directly. Joyce, on the other hand, was a steel vault and was denying any involvement. The two were put in a lineup because one store clerk that we mentioned earlier remembered seeing a man and a woman prior to the bombing. She would positively identify Clarence and Joyce as the people she saw. Now, Clarence's confession goes that one week prior to the bombing, he purchased the Dynamite and slow-burning fuse from a farm supply store that was located on the outskirts of Portland. He offered his accomplice 10,000 of the 50,000 demanded in the extortion letter. Well, that's pretty good, actually. That's not bad. for 10 racks. That's not bad. The day before the bombing, he went and rented Locker 1037 and set all the other instructions for the cash handler to follow. His initial plan was to try to collect the ransom money alone and have the money-filled suitcase dropped off on the back of a train... But he, de- <laughs> but he decided this wouldn't work because it, he would probably struggle to locate the part of the train that the money was on.
1: Listen, at least he can
0: acknowledge his yeah. flaws. Can you imagine? The train stopped, the money's sitting there, and he's like trying to feel around for he's where like the fuck it is. Yeah. And so. anybody seen my cream colored briefcase? <laughs> it's got my
1: variety of walking sticks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> His accomplice assisted in typing up the extortion note, making sure it was all spelled correctly. The day of the bombing, Clarence placed 12 sticks of dynamite in a normal-looking shopping bag and placed it in the third-floor men's bathroom. He actually tried the eighth- and second-floor bathrooms first, but they were both in use at the time. Ah, single shitters, huh? <laughs> Is anybody shitting in here? Hmm. Apparently, there was a man sitting in the third uh, floor bathroom smoking, but Clarence said, my, it's smoky in here. <laughs> Apparently, this was enough for the man to put his cigarette out and leave.
2: Oh, I gotta get out of here.
0: How long has it been since you could smoke in a bathroom? You're just like chilling, smoking in a bathroom. Oh,
2: man. <laughs> my favorite is like old movies where people are doing in school. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what's going on here? Or <laughs> like
1: walking around the mall.
0: Or on air. there's just yeah. ashtrays yeah. all over. Hell yeah. If if our work bathroom, you could smoke in there still, like, there'd be no shit smell at all. And just Not a cigarette a sing- yep. smell. Just
2: beautiful marbs. <laughs>
0: Clarence then felt around for the fuse, took a deep breath, and lit it. Clarence said, I prayed that nobody would be killed. <clears throat> the extortion letter itself was dropped off at the customer service desk to be then handed to Aaron Frank. <laughs> I'm I feel like it sir. Yeah, can you take my letter please? <laughs> After that was all done, Clarence and Joyce walked outside and waited for the explosion. Apparently it was much louder than he had expected. Clarence said, "The blast scared us both." <laughs> Joyce saw the fireman
1: carrying things down the ladder and thought they were bodies. She got sore as well as scared and told me that she had warned me against using too much dynamite. I hadn't meant the explosion to be so big, either. <laughs> Eight <We> sticks. Quarreled.
0: <laughs> Twelve sticks.
2: Twelve sticks. It's going to be a big one.
0: That's a, that's a lot of dynamite, <laughs> sir. The two then headed to a cocktail lounge to enjoy a few drinks, but apparently Joyce was spooked and told Clarence she was done, and she left.
2: I want out, Clarence.
0: <laughs> but Clarence carried on with the plan, making the call at 7.08 p.m. and so on. Without anyone to help him get the money, now, Clarence claimed that he waited on the side of the highway in hopes of hearing the slow moving taxi to flag it down and catch a ride. But obviously, <laughs> that didn't work. That's ludicrous. I mean, this I, guy's insane. Fucking ludicrous. He had
1: a plan B. <laughs>
0: He's so desperate. You have to applaud that. <clears throat> this is true. He wants to see you again. <laughs> I know, that's the saddest part. He just wants to take care of his family
2: and fucking see. He wants to earn so he can feed his five fucking kids. Uh, The police were really
0: perplexed why he told the taxi, only 25 miles per hour, Clarence said. Joyce isn't a very good driver. (laughs) I was afraid she might get into an accident
1: if she had to follow a car that was going faster. (laughs) Oh
0: my God, Clarence, come on, dude. (laughs) Actually Joyce backing out of the plan was probably <laughs> for the best because Clarence would have been caught immediately if he had tried <laughs> to pick up the money. Yes. Either way, that December both Clarence and Joyce were charged with causing injury to persons and property by unlawfully, purposefully and maliciously selling- setting off a bomb. Their bond was set at $75,000. <laughs> It's more than he
1: Dang. was asking for. <laughs> Listen, I just feel bad for that property that got injured. That's like... uh Frank?
0: It was just a bathroom, I think, I, that I got just, hurt.
1: I just think it's funny to say causing injury to property.
0: <laughs> Maliciously setting off a bomb. I feel like yeah, when you set Yeah, that part up... makes sense, Cody. Well, it's... I don't know. No, I'm like, every time <laughs> you set off a bomb, I feel like it's kind of malicious. Yeah, there's like, evil intent lie. Yeah, every
2: time you light a fuse. <laughs> you know what's going to happen.
0: See that mountain? That needs a fucking hole in it. <laughs> All right, get buckle up. We got to get sad for a minute. After his arrest, Clarence's family would begin to fall apart completely. His five children would become wards of the state. Yay. And his wife, Dorothy, voluntarily checked herself into a mental hospital. Oh, no. In January of 1956, Clarence decided to just plead guilty and demanded to be sentenced right away. But... At first, the judge wouldn't allow Clarence to make a guilty plea, perhaps because his lawyer was attempting to plead not guilty by reason of insanity. Mm. But eventually, the judge would allow Clarence to make his plea of guilty. He wanted to just plead guilty right away in hopes of l- leniency, but it might have actually made it worse because he received a 20-year prison sentence. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Clarence said, This comes as quite a shock to me. I've lost everything.
1: My wife, my children, and my freedom. Oof.
2: So, like, if he would have made a case for himself, he he probably wouldn't have gotten the maximum.
0: Probably. He might have gotten something lighter. Because, I mean, obviously setting off an explosive and extortions very illegal but that sob story would
2: play well to a yeah, jury get
1: sentenced to uh, 12 get out after 6 with good behavior something I, like, I, that.
0: like I feel bad for this guy honestly yeah of like, course it's, it's kind of sad it's just, <laughs> this
2: is the American struggle man it's true this is desperation he didn't ask to be blind you know he didn't ask to be blind and he didn't ask to have 5 kids yes he did <laughs> he didn't ask for someone to kill his fucking dog he didn't ask for that <laughs>
0: Now, about a month after he was subpoenaed to testify against Joyce, Clarence attempted to hang himself in his prison cell, but they found him in time to save his life. The following day, back in court, I can't—I couldn't believe this, he had a suicide attempt and they immediately took him back to, back to yeah. court.
1: Listen, he's in a good mental state.
0: <sighs> but uh, when he's back in court, C- Clarence kept denying having any accomplice at all. Now, the judge threatened him with contempt of court, but Clarence stuck to his guns and kept denying. An extra contempt of court charge was nothing against his 20-year prison sentence. Because of this, Joyce would be freed from prison and not charged with anything. William Clarence Petticord would be paroled on April of 1966 after serving a 10-year prison sentence. He would die on March 25th. Nineteen seventy eight at the age
2: of fifty nine years old. Wow. That's young. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say he was not that old no. to have five that's, kids and lived a hard life that's and went how old to prison. My dad is right now.
0: But it, okay, it's seventy-eight. I mean, what was the average life expect expectancy it's probably
1: around what it is now.
0: You think so? Seventy eight? It's still young, man. Yeah, 59. yeah, oh yeah, it's still for young. sure. He's had a he had a hard ass life, dude. Uh final thing. The three police officers involved in the arrest were Jim Quinn, Preskin Hutchins, and I'm assuming Captain Brown died because the estate of Captain William Brown fought in court in an attempt to collect the $28,000 reward. They were unsuccessful.
2: Yeah, you did
1: your fucking job.
2: (laughs) And and, and that guy's dead, so you crackhead family members, you're not getting this 28 racks. Oh, God. But yeah, what that's
0: the, the you know, that's the uh, story of the extortion letter bombing and Mister Clarence Petticord, very sad man. Do
2: you but, know what this story reminds me of, Cody? What's that? Do you remember that other one we did, the robbery? Um, oh
0: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This, um, is,
2: this is I like these fifties whodunit hijinks stories. I know.
0: Oh yeah, well, they're fun. Like I, it was like I think Sunday night I was uh, I couldn't sleep I was up reading through my books. And I found this one. I had seen it for a while and I'm like reading through it. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Who is this guy? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's a blind guy. I'm like, okay, all right. Maybe he's the blind guy with like daredevil powers. And then he, like, keep going through his story, and I'm just like, Jesus, I feel really fucking bad for this guy. Yep. For He's this would-be sad.
2: criminal mastermind. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: He, I don't know. It just seemed like everything was just kicking him when he was down. Nice. Especially when I read the eye thing, I'm like, oh, my
2: God. That is so fucking sad. Uh, that's the worst, man. Yeah. That's the worst. Cody, fantastic story. Thank oh, you. loved it. Thank you, guys. Big fan of that one. Uh, if you have any stories about blind masterminds, you can send them into bumblebutt podcast at gmail.com. What's that Adam? Bumbleblopp podcast at gmail.com. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at BumbleButt Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at bumblebutt Podcast. We now have a Patreon that you can donate to, and that is patreon.com slash bumblebutt podcast. You can find all these links in the episode description. At any time. Any time you want. Hmm. And now it's time for the most bored part of the show, at least you asked Cody, the iTunes reviews. Um yeah, we got one more review, unfortunately, it's a non written, but Boo. it is a five
0: star. It is a five star. Yay. So our, our five star to other star ratios is it's like ninety nine point five to one. So excellent. it's excellent. I'll take it. So yeah, thank you whomever thank you, you are. I wish we could thank you, but
2: thank you. You know somebody else we can thank is our new patron. Oh, yeah. Uh, you
0: remember our review from last week, Krista? I absolutely do. From uh, Minnesota Girl. Yeah, she donated and to the bowling for Satan. So, oh,
2: the ooh. big boy. Yeah.
0: You've seen the message about the fucking chocolate, right? Where she's like, I'm donating because of Ghirardelli chocolate. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. That's oh, hilarious. Gosh.
2: Thank you very much, Krista. Yeah, thank and thank you. you very much, all of our other patrons. And thank you, all of all of you. And thank you, Cody. And that's gonna do it for me. Thank you, Adam. And that's gonna do it for Cody. Thank you, Cody. <laughs> thank you, Adam. That's gonna do it for Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Adam. And that's gonna do it for me. And that's gonna do it for all of us here at Bubble Podcast. Thank you very much. And have a nice weekend. Unless it's Tuesday. Uh...
1: Send me all your old baby clothes. <laughs> that shit adds
2: up.